I'm Catherine Tomlinson and I started an eco-conscious pottery company called Oxford Clay. So I don't just make pottery, I make resources for other potters wanting to be more eco-friendly in their pottery practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about sharing everything I've learned along my eco-conscious pottery journey with you. And I'm so glad you're here with me. Let's go. Clay Pottery Podcast. I'm Catherine and it's so nice to have you here. Um, so in today's episode of the podcast we're going to be talking about how to read a glaze recipe. Um, so I have to say this really confused me when I first um, thought I, I really want to make my own glaze. How on earth do I make my own glaze? Um, and I got you know a glaze recipe from a book and I was just looking at it and I was just like I don't understand this. And it was it was so frustrating because I was like, I know it's doable, but I just don't understand like the sort of principles behind it, basically. So that's what this episode is all about. If you're thinking about making a glaze, you just or you just always wondered like how glaze recipes like worked. Um, this episode is for you. We're going to go for it. It's very like easy once you kind of understand the principles. Um, so yeah, let's go. Okay, so. Um, the basic principle of a glaze recipe is that all the parts in the recipe, apart from the water part and the colour part, are generally, they generally add up to 100. So I have seen glaze recipes that don't add up to 100, they actually add up to like more than 100 or less than 100. But um, generally speaking, it's done in parts and those parts will add up to 100. So, um, right, let's take an example of a glaze recipe. Okay, so this is a glaze recipe from um, Eco-Conscious Pottery Glazing, the book which is um, available on the Oxford Clay website. Um, let's take a recipe from the book. Oh, okay, this is a good recipe. Okay, let's write recipe number nine. Um, so recipe number nine is basically Cornish stone, 40 parts, dolomite, 20 parts, whiting, 20 parts, and quartz, 20 parts. So all of those parts, add up, just checking they added up to 100. <laughs> all of those parts add up to 100. And so what you do as a potter is you have to think, you have to think to yourself, well, how much glaze do I want to make? And then what you do is you times the, um, you know, the weight um, of however much glaze you want to make by these parts. So let's do an example. So say, for example, you just wanted to make like a really little glaze test. Um, 100 grams of glaze powders would, um, would make, you know, a, a small glaze test, basically. Um, so what you could do is you could say, okay, well, I want 100 grams of dried weight of my powdered glaze materials. So remember that like water is not included in this parts um, recipe um, and any colorants are not included in this parts recipe. We're making like a base powder glaze. So if you think about like making a cake or something, this is like all the dry ingredients. So it's like the flour, <laughs> the sugar, um, I can't think of any more dry ingredients for a cake. Um, but yeah, it's all those dry ingredients for a cake. Um, okay, so it may be two different types of sugar or something. Um, so all the dry ingredients, that's what we're making, first of all. Then we're going to add the water on top and then we're going to add any colorants in on top. So 
it's really good idea to have like a notebook, a glaze making notebook, or, you know, be writing it down anywhere, you know, you want to. It's just, it's really good to keep a record because it's so easy to forget, like, how much is the total that you're making? You know, that I've done that before and it's, it, it can be really confusing. So um, it's quite, it's, I think, like a, a sort of good piece of advice maybe is just like, um, make, you know, if you're making like a hundred grams or something, um, and then you think, okay, well, I want to make, you know, the full glaze, you could start with, um, you know, a kilogram of the, of the dry ingredients and you could see how much glaze that makes. And then you can always add, you know, another kilogram on top, um, if it's not enough glaze. So, you know, it, like if you make things easy for yourself, you can just do it, like say like one kilogram at a time. And then you know that each of these parts, you know, you can divide it by, um, make it into grams basically. So a kilogram is a, a thousand grams. So, okay, so let's use the example of making our hundred gram glaze test. So Cornish stone, if we are making like a hundred grams of glaze, a little bit of glaze, we would need um, we would need 40 grams of Cornish stone, and then we would need 20 grams of dolomite. Then we would need 20 grams of whiting, and then we would need 20 grams of quartz. So that's um, all the ingredients, all the dry ingredients. So you would weigh those out. I just weigh mine out with like kitchen scales, basically, uh, and a bowl. Um, and a top tip actually that I found really good is if you're weighing out the ingredients, it's a really good idea to have them in like separate bowls because, um, what I've done before is I've accidentally say like added too much of a, of something. If I'm weighing them all together in the same bowl and I'm just adding one on top of the other, if I accidentally add say like too much quartz or too much dolomite, because they're all white powders essentially, it's really hard to get out you know get the quartz out again um and you don't really know what powder you're scooping out because all of the powders are white so a really good top tip is to like you know you can weigh out all your ingredients separately and then you can add them you know into the bowl or just have like a measuring bowl that you're weighing like each ingredient out at a time in and then you can add it to your kind of main mixing bowl um of all your dry ingredients um so um, just a quick safety message, um, you should be always wearing an FPP3 face mask when you're weighing out dry ingredients such as like rocks and clays because um, those powders can really hurt your lungs, uh, they damage your lungs. So you need to be wearing an FFP3 face mask which covers your nose and mouth and creates a seal and just protects your lungs from the fine powders. Um, okay, <laughs> safety note is over. Um, okay, so that's basically how you read a glaze recipe. So let's do another one, for example. Okay, we're gonna do recipe six from the book Eco-Conscious Pottery Glazing. Um, and this recipe is 50 feldspar, 30 wood or plant ash, um, 10 quartz and 10 china clay. Okay, so say we were making a kilogram of this glaze, we would need 500 grams of feldspar, we would need 300 grams of wood and plant ash, we would need 100 grams um, of quartz, and we would need 100 grams of china clay. So all of those ingredients add up to 100, and then we would have our one kilogram of clay. Um, sorry, one kilogram of glaze. <laughs> Clay and glaze are actually the same thing. That's probably why my brain got mixed up then. Um, if you heat a clay to a very high temperatures, it actually turns into a glaze. So a lot of these um, ingredients are the same ingredients. A lot of glaze ingredients are the same ingredients that you actually do use. 
when you're making clay. Um, yeah, which is crazy. It's just that um, because they're sort of thinner on the pot, uh, or maybe the fl a flux has been added in a sense, like you know, uh, an ash, a uh, plant ash has been added. Then it kind of melts on top of the pot, and because uh, the pot is thicker, the pot isn't melting <laughs> um, at that point. Um, okay, so let's talk about um, then the kind of water aspect. So you've got your dry ingredients in the bowl, and um, um, if you're going to add a colorant, so quite often colorants will say like one or two or uh, probably up to like five. That's probably quite a strong colored glaze. So it will be, and what that means is like 1% or 2% or 5%. So say you've made, um, you know, you've got, um, you've got your 100 grams test glaze. You would need one gram if it says one in the recipe. Um, so all the recipes in the op eco-conscious pottery glazing book none of them actually have colorants at all um they're all colored with like natural natural things like the plant ash or ball clay which is like adds a bit of natural color but generally in other glaze books your recipe books you might find you know say like two percent copper or you know it might just be um noted as two copper so um in that sense if you're making 100 grams of your test glaze you would need um, two grams of copper oxide or two grams of copper carbonate. Um, so it, it, I mean, copper carbonate is a slightly less strong colorant than copper oxide. So, you know, it might specify like which oxide or carbonate, whatever to put in the recipe. Quite often glaze recipes will say, you know, copper carbonate or, you know, cobalt carbonate um, instead of like cobalt oxide or something like that. So, um, Yes. Okay. So that's how you would then add the dry ingredients of, of metal oxides to color your glaze. So again, you would be weighing these out. Um, you know, you would be wearing your face mask. You might be wearing gloves. You really don't want to be touching uh, metal oxides. You don't want to be ingesting them because they're very, a lot of them are very poisonous. So, um, you know, <laughs> just be like super careful with that. Um, and then, so then you, you would add that into the dry ingredients. And then um, the water, as I mentioned previously, the water is never stated in a glaze recipe. And I just found this so confusing when I was trying to make a glaze. I was like, well, like, okay, you've given parts, you know, for all the other things. I know how to, you know, measure these out. And like, you know, I'm just uh, making a kilogram of glaze. So I understand that I have, you know, 500 grams of this and 300 grams of that. But how much water do I add? Um, and the answer is, um, it depends like on, you know, uh, like loads of different stuff. So that's why generally the water aspect isn't, um, isn't stated in a glaze because, um, so the reason it's not is that potters will maybe want a thicker glaze or a thinner glaze. And so each potter, it's kind of up to them to like how much water they want to add, which is, it can be super confusing. So the really important thing to say on the water thing is that don't worry if you add too much water. This is absolutely not a problem because um, if you add too much water, you can just wait for the glaze to settle. So glaze ingredients generally always settle, say like overnight or something. You'll have like clear water on the top of your bucket, your glaze bucket, and you could just scoop it off. Um, and then you mix up the glaze again and you think, 
Hmm, what consistency do I want? Um, is this too thick? Is this not thick enough? You can always add a bit more water in. You can always wait for the glaze to settle again and then take a bit more water off. So it's really not a problem. So the, the water aspect is like, it, it seems quite stressful when you're just like, well, I don't know how much to add. But at the same time, um, it's really not a disaster. You can't ruin your glaze by adding too much water or too little water. And actually sometimes, annoyingly, <laughs> You don't actually know um, like what a glaze is going to look like um, until you fire it, if you know what I mean. So like you might think you might fire a glaze and then you might think, I think that needs to be a bit thicker. It's just not looking right or, you know, it's too thick and it's all dribbling down the side onto the kiln shelf. Oh, it's too thick. You know, maybe it needs to be a bit thinner. Um, so, you know, these are things that you really, this is why it's not stated as well, because it's like, um, you know, it, it, up to each potter really to kind of like say what they want and like, you know, experiment with their own kind of kiln and their own thickness of pot and, um, you know, the, the, the way they want the glaze to look and, um, all those different aspects. So that's why water is not stated. So generally speaking though, you want to be kind of aiming for the consistency of maybe like single cream. Um, so it's like, you know, it's not thin and watery, but it's not like really thick. So you, it's like kind of single cream, like you could, you stir it all up, you know, when it's all stirred up, it's kind of like you would dip, you know, your pot in and it would coat your pot, but it's not going to be like so thick that it's just like gets a really thick layer on. It's not going to be so thin that you hardly get any glaze on there. So, um, yeah, single cream is a really good consistency to aim for. Um, with the caveat of um, plant ash glaze um, glazes, I've often found they quite like to be like a tiny bit thicker. They actually work better if they're a little bit thicker. Um, yeah, so when I've done my plant ash glazes, I've done it a little bit, I've done maybe like double cream, maybe in between single cream, double cream kind of consistency, and they've worked a lot better than say like other glazes, which are maybe just made from crushed rocks um, that, you know, that. Um, yeah, that kind of like single cream is probably a better um, consistency for them. Um, yeah, okay, so let's have a quick recap. Um, so um, all glazed recipes generally will add up to 100 parts. And then what you do is you just times them up or down, you know, or up, whatever, <laughs> by the weight. Okay, so you're doing just change the parts into grams and then times it up. You know, say like you're making a kilogram, you would times those grams up by, you know, sort of like, you know, you maybe if it's 50 parts, you'd maybe have 500 grams, you know, if you're making a kilogram. So um, that's what you're doing. You're translating the parts into grams, into weight grams. Um, and that, and you're weighing all the ingredients out. Okay, then you're doing a, an oxide. Um, you're weighing out the oxide and that'll be like 1%, 2%, um, you know, maybe like 1.5 if that's you know, perhaps, or like up to, maybe up to like five, I've seen some at like seven, that's generally for like an iron oxide or something. Um, so, you know, then then there's that. So again, you're doing that as parts. So you're doing that, if you think about it as like a percentage, maybe that you're doing that, that as a part. So you just like times it again by the weight. Um, and then you're adding the water on top. Once you've got all the ingredients, you're adding the water on top and you're what you want, sort of single cream. 
Um, so I know this isn't about like how to actually make a glaze this episode, but um, just to say, once you've made your glaze and you've added the water, you would need to sieve it, especially if you've added oxides, because some oxides don't really disperse properly into the glaze unless it's sieved through a kind of very fine mesh glaze sieve. So that would be the process, really. You're like adding the water, you're mixing it all up, then you're going to sieve it to kind of really distribute that oxide throughout the glaze. Um, and then that's pretty much it. It's just like testing it, <laughs> which is like the fun bit. So, um, yeah. Um, and like I said, don't worry if you add too much water. You can always scrape it off um, after with, after the glaze is settled. Um, and you might even need to add more water. You know, if you've got your glaze stored for a long time, um, a water does evaporate sort of out of your kind of lidded bucket of glaze. So you might even need to add water at a later date. So always be sort of like aiming for roughly the that single cream consistency sort of thing. Um, yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me on this episode to talk about uh, how to read a glaze recipe. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And I can't wait to see you on the next episode. And until then, happy potting, happy potential glaze making, if that's something you're doing. Um, yeah, and see you next time. Okay, bye. If you enjoyed that and you're interested to learn more about eco-conscious pottery, head over to the Oxford Clay website, which is www.oxfordclay.co.uk. I can't wait to see you there.